For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Danny J, and we're going to explore how to build a YouTube community that loves you and loves to support your business. If you've been thinking about getting started on YouTube and you're like, I can't figure out how to get the right people and I can't figure out how to get them to want to buy from me, this is going to be the episode for you. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Danny J. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Danny J. If you don't know who Danny is, she's a YouTube coach who helps entrepreneurs and coaches grow their business on YouTube. She also offers done for you YouTube services. Her course is called Magnetic Creator Academy. Danny, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm so good, Mike. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be talking about all things YouTube. I am stoked that you're here today. Danny and I are going to explore how to create a YouTube community that people will ultimately invest in. Now, before we go down that fascinating trail, I would love to hear your story. How'd you get into YouTube? Start wherever you want to start. Whew. All right. So my first ever business was a tour company in Vietnam. We took women on all planned tours through Vietnam. It was awesome, but we had no money to do this plan. And so we thought, okay, if we want to be traveling Southeast Asia and starting this company, we need income. And so I started to teach English online. And I wonder if anybody listening here has ever taught English online. It was a big industry for a while. And I had seen people while I was teaching English online on YouTube making a killing, a killing. And I thought, oof, that sounds awesome. But like, that could never be me. And, and I'd look at them in this awe and almost like a jealousy, like, oh, I just, I, that FOMO, I, I wish I could do that. And I felt like it was too saturated. And if I started, it would never go anywhere. So for about one to two years, I just watched people in my teaching English online niche, build these awesome channels. Meanwhile, I, I'm still teaching and I find this new company and it was called Go Go Kit. It's not around anymore, but it's actually owned by the same company as TikTok. And I found this company applied interviewed, got the job all in like a six hour time span in my apartment in Vietnam. And I thought, this is it. This is a new, I'm making a YouTube channel and I'll never forget. I sat down on the floor of my apartment, the hardwood floor, put my laptop on my bed. I had no setup, used the internal camera of my laptop. I had my panda puppet because I'm (laughs) teaching English online to kids. And I made my first 
really horrible YouTube video. And it, that was the start of everything. When was that? Just out of curiosity, what year was that? What year was that? That was about four years ago. Okay. So you're teaching kids online how to speak English with this YouTube video and you've got this job with this company. Keep going. Yeah. And so from there, I was able to, I learned the ins and outs. I said, okay, if I'm going to do YouTube now, I'm going to make it a non-negotiable part-time job. And I'm going to show up and make a video every single week about this English company. And I started with just really, really a lot of rambling, not very high quality videos. But over time, I learned a strategy. And within about a year or two, I was able to be that number one person in my niche. And I was fully able to stop teaching English online if I wanted to. So I would still teach just a tiny bit because I had to be like up on the times to be able to share the job with people. But I was making so much passive income that I just didn't need to anymore. And I'll never forget having around 4,000 subscribers. And one month I made $4,000 in passive income. And I was like, wow, I, I just, I'd never thought that I'd get to that point where even with a smaller following, I was really able to build a profitable business on YouTube. And from there, the tour company ended up, you know, dissolving. And I I just, I got so into YouTube that I just kept going with it. And eventually when the online English industry died, when China changed some policies, I realized I'm like, these, these strategies that I've been teaching teachers to build their businesses on YouTube now, uh, you know, I could, I could teach to anybody. And so I took those strategies that I'd learned over time, getting to be that number one person in my niche and build that passive income now to other entrepreneurs. So tell me a little more about like, so you got started four years ago, accidentally with no equipment, using your laptop on that hardwood floor or whatever, right? And like now bring us up to the present a little bit. Like, what are you doing now? Yeah. And now since I've shifted my my channel, I help small businesses and entrepreneurs build really scalable brands on YouTube like I had in that ESL niche of understanding how do you really uh, find that that audience that wants to learn from you and convert them into paid clients or into your paid offer. And so from there, and then I built my course, Magnetic Creator Academy, started off with one-on-ones, and then eventually it's grown to be what it is today as a course. And we have group coaching and it's awesome. I love it. So tell me a little bit about the kinds of content that you're producing now on your channel. Mm, Yeah. So whereas before I was doing how to teach English online, now I've really focused and honed in on helping businesses scale on YouTube. So my my main content pillars, and we'll talk about content pillars a little bit today. My main content pillars are really how to build a profitable YouTube channel. And then I do give tips as well on just online coaching in general, because most of my clients are online coaches. And then I do a little bit of the digital nomad life because that's a part of my branding as well. So that for me is just like some fun over there. But the main things I focus on are YouTube and coaching strategies. So Do you feel like you can say that YouTube has made all this digital nomad lifestyle, the ability to live wherever you want to live? I mean, what has it done for you? It has been absolutely life-changing. I always say that YouTube is the best decision I ever made in my business because there's just nothing that works for you like YouTube. I have videos where actually now I get overwhelmed and anxiety because I still get hit up on a weekly basis of people asking me questions about how they can teach English online. I haven't made a video on how to teach English online in over a year, but because the YouTube algorithm, once you understand how it works and once you are are having everything work for you, man, it'll keep working for you for years to come. Even when you've kind of, you've shifted gears a bit, it's incredible. So 
I tell everybody, and I think I annoy all my friends and family whenever they're like, oh, well, I'm really passionate about this. I'm like, girl, start a YouTube channel. What are you doing? You're (laughs) missing out on loads of passive income and impact that you could be making. So I owe a lot to YouTube. So we have a lot of people listening right now that maybe work for small businesses or they are entrepreneurs or they are working for agencies or coaches and consultants and stuff. And in their mind, maybe they're all in on Instagram or maybe they're all in on TikTok or maybe they're all in on developing community inside of Facebook. You know, since we're really going to be talking about like developing an audience on YouTube that really wants to do business with you. What are they missing? What do they need to hear from you specifically about why they ought to pay attention specifically to YouTube, especially if they're skeptical? Cause maybe they're, they're so entrenched in these other platforms. I always love to ask the question, where do you go to search for high level, high value content? If you're wanting to learn more of like the ins and outs, I'm sorry, that's Manny. That's okay. Hey, <laughs> if Manny. you're wanting to learn the ins and outs of really like something more intense, like email strategy or whatever, where are you going to search for that? And nine times out of 10, people will say to me, oh, I go to YouTube. And so that's that's the power of YouTube versus other social media platforms. It is the second largest search engine in the world. And it, combined with Google, your YouTube videos can often show up on Google. And so if you're wanting to be seen as that thought leader, and even think again, think about the thought leaders that you think of when you're like, who are people that are thought leaders in their niche? A lot of times the people that we think of are people that we found on YouTube when we're trying to learn certain topics. And so if you could be that person in your niche, that educator, you are so much more easily able to again, be seen as that thought leader, but then really convert people into like, who are they going to hire when they're ready to invest in learning more about whatever your industry is? It it just, there's nothing like the conversion rate I find on YouTube. Yeah. And I think the other side of the equation that's kind of interesting is they also pay you, right? I mean, like that's not the case with the other platforms, right? Yes. So they do also pay you. So there's just loads of ways to really make a lot more money on YouTube than other social media platforms. I can't tell you how many TikTokers I've had come to me. They're like, I have over a hundred thousand followers and it just, it doesn't convert. And they're like trying to figure out how do I bring this to YouTube? Because yes, you're paid in ad revenue. Once you have a thousand subscribers and 4,000 watch hours within a year for the the 4,000 watch hours. But honestly, that is like really, I say it's like pocket change. You know, I tell my clients, like, don't worry about the ad revenue that'll just build over time. The biggest thing is the the links that you can have in your videos and affiliate links and people will pay you for sponsored videos. And then on top of that, the ad money, it's crazy. There's so many different ways to monetize that you just can't do anywhere else. Oh, and you can monetize shorts as well. Very cool. So let's talk about your strategy for building a community on YouTube. Let's start at a very high level of defining kind of what it is. And I know you've got a system and then we'll break down kind of the elements of it. Definitely. So community for me really means like engaged subscribers. They're engaged. They're wanting to learn more from you and they're wanting to invest in your offers. And so my goal when my clients are building their channels is for them to really not get caught up in vanity metrics like sub count, but really in conversions are the views that you are getting leading people to want to work with you, leading people into your opt-in, into your sales page. And I've seen just massive channels that they have a lot of subscribers and they just aren't converting. They have communities where They could care less about you, right? They're not engaged. And so that's why I built 
what I like to call the stick method, and that's S-T-I-C, and we'll dive into that a little bit more. But with the stick method, you're really able to create a community that's like, ooh, what, what, what's coming out next? And I have a client who, for example, she has a video with less than, maybe around now, like 300 views, and every single month, that video brings in her one high-ticket client and continues to do so since she's put it out. Of course, my goal, and I've got a lot of clients too, where you, you become that number one authority in your niche, where when I say that, I mean, when you search for basic questions of your niche, you're the person that comes up the most in the top 10 videos. That's super important and that will scale over time. But I want even in the beginning, when you're using something like the stick method, you have a community that's like, oop, I'm in um, right from the get-go because you have that much strategy in your videos. Well, I love that you have come up with a system that actually helps people get buyer ready, if you will, you know, like they're like ready to do business with you. So many people that create content in all the various industries that are listening to this, they don't really think strategically about how is this going to serve the purpose of the business, right? Instead, the mandate often is just get me more eyeballs, right? All I want is more views. All I want is more people seeing my stuff, but views without intent, right? aren't necessarily great. And I remember back in the day when blogging used to be really huge, a lot of my peers would talk about writing blog posts to attract massive audiences to them, but it was the wrong audience, right? It was just to get traffic. And sometimes people do the same thing with their YouTube channels. I see this all the time where there's no consistency in the content that they're creating and they're just trying to get views. They don't realize it's not tied into any kind of strategy, right? And this is what I love about what we're going to talk about, which is strategy. And my guess is a lot of the people you work with, they're just creating videos. They don't even have a strategy. Is that fair? Yeah, for sure. Well, when we first start working, yes. And I think that's a big thing where either people are really focused on like, I just want to create videos that get like the most views, but then often, right, those bring in the wrong audience and they don't convert. Or you have the flip side where people are like, I'm just passionate about all these things. I want to talk about all of like, you know, every single thing that I, that I find interesting. And then that also comes with loads of problems and then your videos don't get any views. So yeah, there is like a really happy medium when you have that strategy. Okay. Let's pick up the stick metaphorically <laughs> and talk about the S, the S in stick. What is the S and let's like define it and talk about it a little bit. Ooh. Okay. So the S in stick, I think is the most important. They're all important, but is the most important in terms of really creating a magnetic brand that's going to pull in your community. And that is your story. And when you start with your story, you're really able to differentiate yourself from other people in your niche. And that's the thing of like when I was trying to get on YouTube and I was like, oh, there's no room for me. Cause I know that that's a fear of so many people who never get on YouTube is they're just worried. It's oversaturated. There isn't space for me. Why would anyone listen to me? And that really all comes down to understanding what is your use story. How are you unique? And then you have a really great place. Once you understand that, you kind of can, can go along and we'll get into market research later, but you're able to stand out from the competitors because you're not copying them. You're bringing your own sort of sparkle to the table. Well, and let's talk about why story is so important. I mean, there's a side of me that thinks that not everyone resonates with everyone's story, right? So some people are going to resonate with Danny's story. Some people are going to resonate with Mike's story, right? And we might be in the same industry, but we're, there's people out there that are looking for someone like Danny. And there's people out there that are looking for someone like Mike. And when you tell that story, why is it that that story works so well? I mean, obviously 
I'm just rambling a little bit here about what I think, but I'm curious why, why story? What's so special about story? I love that you say that when you just said that, it made me think of something I love to say is if everyone likes you, you're doing something wrong. And I think when you have a story, often it's where you were and where you are now. And people can relate to that. They're probably where you were, or they see themselves in your story. And it allows you to build that connection of understanding like, oh, we're not so different. Or, oh, I love where people could think, I could be friends with her, right? It's the same thing of we we don't want to be friends with anybody. That everybody, that's the truth. And so some people are going to watch my channel and think, wow, you know, all these little bits about Danny were, were similar. I could totally be friends with her. And some people watch my channel and think, definitely not for me. Pass, which I think is beautiful. And that's why showing up as that authentic self and and being able to show parts of you and of those quirks of your why of the things that you do care about. And we insert these things into our scripts really strategically make a huge difference. So how do we actually find our story? Because I'm with you hundred percent. Like anyone who's listening could say, so-and-so has a lock on that niche. There's no room for me. Right. Which is exactly what you thought until you realize, well, there are people out there that want to hear from someone like me and they've been waiting for someone like me. Right. So how do we figure out what our story is? We Marie Kondo ourselves. <laughs> I love this. This is my favorite example. So do you know Marie Kondo? I know she, she's like an interior designer or something like that, right? Or a clean freak or something. Yeah. I don't know. So, okay. So she got her start. Well, I don't know how she got, started, but her big thing was like tidy up and get rid of throw out things that don't spark joy. And she taught you how to fold your clothes into like tiny little balls. And I always joke with my clients. Can you imagine pitching that show to someone like we have this night? She's very like soft spoken. We have this really kind of small, soft spoken woman who loves minimalism. And she's going to teach people how to fold their clothes into tiny balls and throw out things that don't spark joy. Like no one would buy that show, but it works because she is so uniquely herself and, and brings her personality to the table. And I think that's where you kind of start understanding story is I think your brand story is super important. Yes. But a big part of that also is going into understanding what you bring to the table. I have all my clients, we start with personality tests. And of course, no test is going to be able to really like define all the things about you, but it's helpful to understanding like, okay, what are the things that are special about me in terms of when people first meet my personality that stand out? And then you ask family and friends, what are the words that you think of that come to mind when you think of me, what do you come to me for advice on? And then you, you think about what are the things also that I've gone through in life that make me who I am today. And I, and I really do think it takes a deep dive into yourself to understand you're not going to share all of these things, of course, on your channel or in your brand and your business, but it helps with having a base and doing that work in the beginning that I didn't do. And it made me be a cookie cutter in my niche until I actually did that work. And when you're a cookie cutter, you you don't stand out. There isn't room for you. And that when you do that work of understanding, okay, what, what do I bring to the table? You write out that brand story. You understand what are your quirks, how you're different, what's your different teaching style. Then you're able to go next level and build a magnetic brand. So one of the things that comes to mind, and I've had people do this before, there are sometimes you can ask a friend to go out and like do a quick interview with others that know you. Right. And then you could ask a series of questions. What makes Danny unique? What does the world need to know about Danny that they don't know these kinds of questions. Right. And you can get different people's perspectives and then all that can be like fodder for you to create your uniqueness or, or see yourself in a different way. But the question that I have is like telling the story 
obviously we're producing videos all the time. How do we work our story into the videos? Yes. So I think it's really important specifically for YouTube. You can't, you're, you're making usually educational content. It was, I highly recommend for anybody listening to this. You're obviously a business owner, entrepreneur. It's really important that you make educational content. And you remember that really nobody cares about you until you help them in some way. And so you have to do these things really strategically. You have to condense the things that you realize, okay, these are, this is a basis of, you know, kind of my come up story or, or, you know, for me, like I, I started as a ESL teacher didn't think I was good enough to be on YouTube and slowly learned you know, with my panda puppet in hand, learned how to become that number one person in my niche. And so you think you kind of take the, the basis of your story and you condense it and you can share that part. And then how do you share the other parts of your story? Well, you have to script that in. You're never going to ever remember. I've never met anyone who could remember how to add bits of your personality and things about yourself and your story into scripts that are educational you have to strategically do it. And so for my clients and I, we write it out in purple. So if there's parts where I'm sharing a little bit about my personality or a little tidbit here of like, when I'm sharing a tip, be like, and you know, before I didn't used to do this. And now that I've done this in my, and you share a little bit of the story of like how you use the tip you're sharing. Again, that builds like no trust and it makes you, it expands on your point, but you're sharing a little bit of yourself. And we put that always in purple. And if you scroll through your script for a YouTube video and you don't see any purple, you've done something wrong. You haven't shared enough about yourself, right? It's got to be kind of splattered throughout. And that's super important. So it's something I would highly recommend everyone do if you're getting on YouTube is being able to share those little things. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Okay, we've got a stick in our hand. And at the tip of the stick is this fascinatingly attractive thing called story, right? And what's the T in the stick? The T is building trust. And that is really done through your business's branding. And so we build trust by branding and I always say you you don't ever want people to decide what your brand stands for. You want to be the one to do it. And how do you be the one to do it? You have to get really strategic on taking all these things that you just did and all the work you did creating your story and making a really clear branding guide. And especially for YouTube, really clear content pillars. It's not just the colors of thumbnails and the fonts and the niche statement. It's also like, what are the topics that you are going to be covering so that people can see you as a thought leader and not just someone who's using YouTube as a passion project. So give us an example of how you're doing this, maybe for one of your customers or maybe for your own brand. I actually just put out a video recently on how to like understand your content pillars. This is something my clients and I work on a lot because it's it's hard to really niche down in the content pillars in the beginning. It's something I found that's very difficult for new YouTubers. And so, of course, like you're going to have your branding guide, but then it's understanding, okay, who is my one ideal client avatar? Who's my one ideal viewer? And then you think about what's the journey that they need to go on in order to learn best from me. And then what's the kind of content that I'm going to create? And we think of content pillars like playlists. So we see, okay, for, for somebody who's maybe a nutritionist, well, we have to get really clear then on, okay, well, if you're a nutritionist, who's the one type of person you're talking to, it's too broad if your branding or niche is just for people that are wanting to lose weight. So we say, okay, maybe you're a nutritionist for new moms. If you're a nutritionist for new moms, and that really fits kind of your story, coming back to that of you're, you're recently a new mom and you've had to understand how to eat 
for that and be healthy and also trying to maybe lose some weight, then from there you think, okay, what are all the things that my ideal viewer wants to see from me? Maybe the beginning one is nutrition tips for new moms. And then from there, it's like weekly meal prep for new moms. And those could be two content plates that you start off with. And you solely focus on those two things in the beginning. And you can do some videos that uh, maybe are a little bit more out there, but still would really be in line with your ideal viewer of those new moms. Even that for us in MCA, that is included in the branding of like, what are the content pillars that you stand for? Of course, your mission statement and all of that, but really getting clear on this is what I'm going to focus on in the beginning and I'm going to run with it. Okay. So when we're establishing trust, I think I understand why these, why having these consistent content under these pillars makes sense because when someone comes to your channel, let's say they discover you through YouTube search or suggested videos and they want to learn more. If they can see that there's a library of content along this theme, it'll help establish credibility that you, Danny J, are an expert in XYZ, right? Because there appears to be some continuity in the content that's there, right? What else do we need to be doing to establish trust? Yeah, that makes me think I have a client who she had she came to me already with 10,000 subscribers and she had lots of videos just she she was vlogging a lot about being a teacher and elementary school tips, but she really wanted to be known as a wealth coach for teachers. When she went through all of like, okay, what do I actually want to be sharing? What's my story of like how I've been able to get into real estate and all these things as a teacher. And so it was reshifting all of the branding and understanding, okay, what are the things that are going to attract that ideal client? So we're going to focus only on these tips for teachers that are interested in building wealth. And from there, we, we switched so that she could be seen as that person. And I think specifically, how do you do that? If you don't have a clear guide in your business of like laying out who, who's the person I'm talking to, what are the values that I stand for? What's my personality? What are the colors I'm using? What are my content pillars? That's like step number one is having that all laid out and not strain from it in the beginning. Because like Donald Miller says, you if you confuse, you lose and really we crave consistency. We want to put people in a box. You have to allow your audience, unfortunately, to put you in a box. And so better put your own self in the box than, you know, have others force. They're going to put you in one anyway. So this is really us putting ourselves in the box that we feel most content with because everything in an, as an entrepreneur tells us, we never want to be put in boxes. But unfortunately on YouTube, you do. So this is interesting because I think about like the YouTube channel, you've got that big graphic at the top. The, the graphic that you put there is going to signal, you know, in the case of the teacher who's teaching wealth planning or whatever for, for teachers, you've got that graphic at the top. You've got the first video on the page. You've got the playlist and you've got the about page, right? And all these probably need to be thought through, right? Because these are the areas people are going to look when they're making a judgment on who you are and whether you're for me. Is that right? Definitely. Yeah. And so you want to have a really clear channel banner. Your channel banner needs to have your name and whatever your company business name is, if it's different than your first name, you need to have your name first, right? People need to know your name and then you can have your brand name. And then you want to include how often you're posting videos, but who you're posting videos for and what kind of content you're posting in that channel banner. That's such a good point. And then of course, I just actually put out a video. I have a video with the channel banner template that maybe we can link that has a template for people, but I also have it in our guide that we can talk about later. But uh, from there, then, yes, you want it to be really clear when you set up your channel, which I have a video about this as well that I just put out last week, where it's showing you how to take somebody on a journey where you start with you know your most recent uploads so people know that you're still posting consistently. And then from there, you have your 
more like beginner level tips and then your higher level tips in, an, in a second playlist. And those even need to be optimized. When people read the titles of your playlist, they need to think like, oh, that's for me. And then from there, you can have your shorts if you want at the bottom of that. And then the about section needs to be really clear again. Yeah, who are you and who do you help in a very concise manner? Because when people actually search your name on, on Google, your YouTube channel will show up in the about section is what's going to show up too. So it's really important that that has all your niche statement really clear and your main audience viewer in mind. So we're going over the stick method. S is for story. T is for trust. The next one is I. And what does that stand for? I is a really good one. It's very important. It's up there with, they're all up there. I guess I need to stop saying that is investigate. And that is this beautiful marriage of keyword research and then competitor research. And keyword research is super vital. Is that something you talk a lot about on here, Mike? Not really. No, we don't really. So feel free to go for it on that. Okay. So on YouTube, YouTube is a search engine. And we know that Instagram is also a search engine. But YouTube is like the real deal search engine. It's like Google. And so your goal getting on YouTube, especially as a new YouTuber and a business owner, is to be able to have your videos show up in search for your ideal viewer. And how do you do that? You do that through keyword research and understanding what are actually the search phrases and the longer search phrases, long tail keywords, regular keywords and long tail keywords, the longer searches that your ideal audience is actually searching for. And so there are lots of really cool tools specific to YouTube that you can do to understand what are people that are my ideal viewers searching for? What are their commonly asked and frequently asked questions? And that's a great place to start when you're on YouTube is to answer all those most commonly asked questions. You want to mention those tools? Yes, I do. So the tools that I love, there's there's two that are like top of the line, and that's vidIQ and TubeBuddy and their competitors. And I'm team TubeBuddy, but both are awesome. And TubeBuddy is super wonderful because it gives you scores for how likely it thinks that your channel specifically will show up in search for those search phrases. So let's say you have a business where you teach people how to crochet. If you were to put crochet tips in TubeBuddy, it's going to give you a super low score. It's going to say there's loads of competition and your channel's not big enough. And so you say, okay, how do I get more specific? How do I make it so I know that this video will actually show up in YouTube search engine. And so it'll give you other more niche down search phrases. And from there, you can create really strong titles for your videos because it's very important that you always write your titles before you ever script out and film a video. Real quick on writing the titles. I mean, chat GPT now, right? Like we're recording this in early March of 2023. And that's like an incredible, I don't know if you've used it or not, but it's so amazing, isn't it? For like, you can put a title in there and say, improve this title and it will totally improve it, right? Chat GPT versus something like TubeBuddy. I would still say that I go from TubeBuddy and then I'll use a tool like Chat GPT and I'll say, like, give me 10 titles that are better than this. And usually I'll still keep something really similar to what I wrote in TubeBuddy, but I'll add some of those like really juicy adjectives that Chat GPT will give you and add a little flair to it. But generally, something like TubeBuddy is going to give you much better a success rate on showing up in search. There's two different types of content that you can try and make on YouTube. The first kind is going to be kinds that show up in search. The second kind is going to be content that's going to show up on the homepage. And so generally that's more like kind of viral content where it's less searchable titles. And that's really kind of hard to do. 
And so I never, that, that's an art in itself of creating titles that are going to get really pushed out by the algorithm. And, and that's sort of by chance. Videos that you make that have long tail keywords for search, I would say 99% of the time my clients show up their first video in YouTube search engine. And then there's a lot of factors that go into that stain on, on search of audience retention, all these things. But it's just you, you, YouTube is a long game. Play the game that's going to have you showing up in search and use chat GPT a little bit, but don't just take direct titles. Make sure that you've done that first research within a tool like TubeBuddy or vidIQ. Yeah. And I'm with you on that. And when I use chat GPT, I usually use it when I feel like there's something off with my titles. Like they're not quite there. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I need a little creativeness and I won't, I will get inspired by what chat GPT outputs. I won't necessarily use it, but I'll get inspired by it, which I think you know, is kind of valuable when you're stuck and you don't know how to write something and you just feel like it's off. What about competitive analysis? Keyword research is part of the investigate, right? And how about also analyzing the competition? What do we ought to do there? This is also, we don't ever waste time creating content that people aren't actually looking for. And so competitor me search is one of the best ways to get a little sneaky, like what's already working in this niche that I could make my own. And so it's one of my favorite things to do, especially for other clients. I, I don't know why, but it's like you're going behind the scenes of someone's channel. So what you're going to want to do is I recommend finding like the top five to 10 competitors in your niche. And from there, you're going to go onto their channel. You're going to click videos and then you're going to click popular. And that's going to show you all of their most popular videos since they've posted. And usually you want to kind of pick some of something within the last like two years to present, the more recent, the better and see what are the top videos that they have that relate to your niche that you could create. And you're going to write down all of those titles. And I recommend to never watch your competitors videos. It's really hard then to not take those ideas and, and then accidentally put them into your own content. Again, that story part, you really want to stand out by bringing your own ideas to the table. So when you do that competitor research, once you kind of get those five to 10 competitors and their top videos, you'll see trends. It's really cool. You'll see, oh, these types of videos are doing really well for them. These types of titles and something on YouTube is you can like directly take somebody's titles. There's no such thing as like copywriting the title on YouTube. And you'll see it if you type up something popular, it'll be like 10 videos with the same title. I recommend like making a little bit more, adding a little bit of your own flair to it. But those main keywords that are working, like take it. If you see that a video in all caps is working. Generally, I don't recommend doing all caps, but if the video that went viral for a bunch of these other competitors isn't all caps, make your title like that as well. And so find those trends and understand, okay, this is what people in my niche are generally enjoying. I should make some content on this as well. So maybe these are some more that are that, like we talked about that homepage content, that's a little less searchable. You can do these as well, but make sure you've done the competitor research to know. I think that these really do have a chance of getting pushed out because I've seen them working and I've seen that people in my audience are interested in it. Another thing that I, I find kind of fun to do is also to look at their thumbnails just because you know the same title and a, and a much better thumbnail can make a big difference, right? It makes the biggest difference. Yes, looking at thumbnails is also really helpful in keyword research. I usually do that once the video is already all done. Then I'll look at the thumbnails when I'm, because that's the last part of my creation process is to make the thumbnail and I'll look and see, okay, what's working? What do I like? What do I dislike? And you can pull some ideas from there as well. Because again, you'll see, you'll notice there are generally, especially depending on the niche, there are certain elements that everybody has. You think, okay, if everybody's got these and it's working, then I should probably pull some of these things into my thumbnails as well. Okay. So we've talked about the S and the T and the I, now we're moving on to the C. What is the C in your stick method? Ooh, the C 
don't nobody roll their eyes at me. Oh, if you're listening to this is consistency because I just have to say I could cry at how many people I know had these awesome channels and then they they're upset with, oh, maybe it's not growing fast enough or life gets in the way. And then they stop being consistent. And the name of the game on YouTube is consistency in the beginning. Yes, I have people still hitting me up from videos I made a year ago, but that's because I made the, my channel in the beginning a non-negotiable. And I think that's a huge problem that I see with a lot of new YouTubers is we're so used to be able to like make videos pretty quickly that are shorter and people don't want to put in the time for YouTube videos. It takes more time, but if you can build up a pool of videos and start showing up in search by being consistent, it is, you're going to reap so many rewards. You're going to be able to build up the passive income. You're going to be able to get that ad revenue that's going to increase over time as well. And so you've got to think big picture. Consistency really breeds trust with your audience. And I can't tell you how many people I've gotten on calls with and have said, oh, I just love that you're super consistent. Like that's such a weird to me compliment, but people really look at it. And I would love to ask, do you do this, Mike? Will you go on somebody's channel and will you see when they most recently posted a YouTube video? Yeah, hundred percent. Because if I am making an, a judgment about whether or not I want to get somebody on this show, I want to make sure that they are practicing their craft of teaching. Right. And if they've got like, and I do the same thing with podcasts. Like if I see one podcast in, let's say it's March and I see they did one episode in like January and another one in November, I'm like, forget it. They've clearly, they, they've clearly like abandoned their craft. Right. And I'm looking any level of consistency if it's once a month or it's once a week, but if it's just, and it's not just consistency in, in, in publishing, it's also consistency in the, the type of content they create. Right. Yeah, that's such a good point. It is. It's it's sticking clear to all of these things before that we just talked about in that story, in the branding, in the types of content that you're creating, in how you're showing up for sure. And and I think that that's something that, especially for YouTube, because it takes a little extra work, if you don't really build it into your life and make it a non-negotiable, it won't scale. But if you do, it is life-changing. And I like that is my promise to you. If you stay consistent on YouTube, it is life changing, but it it takes you treating it like a part time job. And then you are really able to build up a community that is super invested in you. And when you get on calls, this is the weirdest thing about it. I think when you get on calls with those clients or whatever, people think you're almost like this famous person because they've learned so much from you that people watch YouTube now, like they watch TV. Actually, I just, YouTube is the biggest streaming platform more than any like Netflix or anything like that is it's YouTube. So people would see you similar to that once you're able to be consistent in all of these things. And so if you make it a non-negotiable, ooh, sky is the limit. Do you have a recommended like procedure or system or whatever people can follow to remain consistent? Because obviously you're only going to be as good as your process, I would imagine, right? Yes. I highly recommend using Airtable, everyone on my team. And if you go on my channel, you can see, I, I show my Airtable and you you can give it a look or you can see my full YouTube shorts creation process. But I recommend using something like Airtable or Notion and then doing that keyword research like we talked about, usually at least one to two months in advance. So you want to have titles done like for depending on how often you're going to post. I recommend to post at least two regular long form videos, anywhere from five to 15 minutes a month. And then four shorts if you can, but prioritizing long form, even if it's just two long form videos. And so let's say you're going to do that. Let's say you're going to have two YouTube videos a month and you're going to start with that. Then you can 
plan out then, you know, if you even just have four titles, boom, you've got two months worth of content. I can do math. And from there, you have the titles and then you'll script things out. And then I I have a lot of clients that like to batch record. So if you can write out those two scripts, remember having that purple in there in your script, a little bit about you, you want to make sure you have call to actions and referencing other videos, all those things. But then from those videos, once you have the scripts, you can get ready to batch film them and you can pick a day that you're feeling good, film them. And then whether you're editing them or having an editor at them, you can for the next you know two weeks edit those videos. And I recommend to be two weeks ahead. So if you're starting your channel, have those two videos edited and like ready to go and uploaded and then start the process over again. So that way you're always sort of a, a month ahead of time. And then you have a day that you script two videos a day that you then film those two videos and then you have this like maybe five I would say honestly you'd want like a full week to then be editing those two videos or edit even just a video at a time and then edit the second video the next week and do it all over again for every client I've ever had it's different in the system that you set up but if you can generally kind of treat it like that however you put it into your schedule I find that it works the best Danny's system is called stick S T I C. There is no K for those of you that have been waiting for a K in stick, (laughs) (laughs) but Hey, Danny, this has been amazing. Now, if people want to learn more about you, what's your preferred channel or social platform or whatever, and perhaps it's YouTube. And do you also have a place that you want to send them like a website, for example? Yes. So definitely check out my YouTube channel. Loads of tips and tricks there. It's Hey Danny J, D-A-N-I-E-J-A-Y. And I also created a YouTube guide specifically for the social media marketing podcast. Mm-hmm. And you can find that. I highly recommend it. It's going to take you more in depth into what we talked about today and give you my YouTube cheat sheet to really start building that magnetic and profitable channel. And you can find that at heydannyj.com slash S-M-E. And again, that's D-A-N-I-E-J-A-Y. Danny J, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insights with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Happy YouTubing. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 557. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.